Hi, I'm Teresa Duncan. And I'm Kevin Henry. Welcome to Chew On This. We are excited to bring you our views of current topics in the dental industry and put a little different spin on them, giving you something to chew on. If you need to jump off, be sure to check the show notes for links as well as how to get in touch with us. And now let's give you something to chew on. And we are back with another episode of Chew On This. K-Dog, what's up? Teresa Duncan, it is a beautiful, hot day in Colorado, and it's even hotter that I get to talk to you. Very excited. How about that? That's all I have to say. There you go. (laughs) All right. So we have three stories. They're not going to be super long, but they're going to be nice, quick hits so that you all can go about your day with information crammed in your head. And hopefully you have some stuff to do with it. But I want to just do one shout out, Kevin, because we got some fan mail. Let's do it. I like it. I just want to shout out to Jason because he's listening and he enjoys our podcast and our banter. I'm glad somebody does because I think sometimes Norman and Dana are like, please let them go in the other room, shut the door, let them talk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just hoping Jason isn't a pseudonym for my mom writing it or something. So, you know, here's hoping. (laughs) Ruth Ellen, you don't have to, you don't have to camouflage Ruth Ellen. It's all right. (laughs) That's very cool. And and actually, uh, I just got back from the Speaking Consulting Network meeting uh, where a lot of the industry's leading consultants were. And actually, a couple of consultants were talking about that they listened to us. And one of them said, and I quote, you give me a good laugh. I was like, you know, that's, I guess that's what we're doing. So that's, I'm all good with that. That's excellent. Cause giving a sad laugh is, is bad. So a good <laughs> exactly. laugh is, is a good thing. So shout out to happy consultants who are listening to our podcast. That's great. Yeah. You actually gave a talk on podcasting, you expert. Oh, I'm such an expert. I, I did. And here's the thing. I haven't even told you this. The scouts from Hinman were very interested in having it as a potential topic at future Hinman meetings. Stop it. We're I'm going mainstream. Kidding. It's very possible. I'm just going to tell you. Sometimes we actually do things that are like interesting and I'm glad people are finding this out. Well, <laughs> every once in a while. Hey, let's go ahead and get started. I've got something that usually doesn't make people happy, but you know what? It makes me happy. So let's talk about it. Let's do it. What topic do you think makes me happy, but not everybody else, Kevin? Let's see. I'm going to go insurance for hundred, Alex. My goodness. It's like you're in my brain. Okay. (laughs) There is an artificial intelligence company that has, you know, this service where they review your radiographs and they tell you whether or not, you know, there's some carries there. It's not a human reading it. It is now uh, this computer that's reading it. And they are going to be the ones to decide whether or not that crown, you know, was probably able to be benefited because remember, we can't say that it's not necessary, just do benefits apply for this particular crown. And they do that without a patient. They do that with a computer. But the important thing, Kevin, is that this company, Overjet, recently acquired a dental claims review company that's already in existence. You know, AI is not that far away from being the ones to look at your claims. In fact, I would say that there's a very good chance that AI is now looking at your claims because this is easily deployable, easily deployable. Overjet, this is all they do. So buying the existing contracts to look at insurance claims, done deal. It's done. And that's a good thing. I mean, honestly, I I think if there's a way that we can do our jobs better and that uh, maybe impartial computers can make a decision on something, uh, rather than somebody who's had a bad day or somebody, you know, who, who's maybe leaning the other way and it's just approving everything. Maybe that's not a bad thing. 
I want to clarify though, because it's not like the computer is going to be going, you know, stamp denied. <laughs> it's the consultant that's going to be using feedback of the AI in order to make that decision. But you know what? If the computer is really good and it's telling me over and over again, bad, good, bad, good, and it cuts my work time, I'm going to start trusting the computer more. That's just human nature. I agree. So this is why it's so important to make sure that your insurance consultants, the ones that are looking at the claims, have all of the information possible so that when the computer says this claim should be denied, they can quickly double check it and say, and eh, now this is all right. But if you don't have that documentation, it's going to be real easy for that person to go, yeah, forget it. Let's go. Next one. I remember doing a, uh, writing a story during the shutdown, whenever we were all inside and we all had time to do such things. And it was talking about AI and how many people were still fearful of that term in and of itself. You know, you think back to all the Terminator movies and everything else, saying that Skynet's coming uh, to dentistry. I think that it's so important that we realize the benefits that AI can do in our industry and how we don't even realize so often that we're using it every day and it's a part of our lives already. Why not embrace it in our professional life as well? There are companies in dentistry already that are using it. And I don't think a lot of people realize there's call screening companies. They listen to your phone call and they grade you on whether or not you ask the right questions. So those are already out there. That's AI. That's not necessarily, you know, somebody listening and all of that. So they're already listening and watching and doing all that stuff. But I will say if somebody's first exposure to AI in dentistry is knowing that the dental claims are being reviewed and possibly rejected, ooh, I don't know if that's a really good first impression for AI in dentistry. It'll take some adjustment to know that. And it will take some, some working with, you know, and, and I always pull in the, the baseball analogy. And I know that there's such talk now about robo-umps and making sure that the strike zone is, is done through AI. The baseball umpire can choose to override it if needed. But there's so much of a call for trying to make the game better with the strike zones that are more, uh, shall we say, constant. You know, I think it's important that we look at how can we bring consistency to things rather than it being one day it's this, one day it's this. Just as an aside, I was watching a softball game. I don't usually watch softball, but JMU. Oh, yeah. I didn't watch the whole thing, but I was watching with my dad. You know, my dad is a baseball. You know, you've met my dad. Great man. He actually coached me in softball, which was really a disaster, but we don't talk about that. <laughs> we were watching this game and there was a, a girl who was playing and she's a very, very short girl, very short girl. And he was like, look at that strike zone, man, that's an awesome strike zone. Look at that. And all I could talk about was this girl's strike zone. That's fantastic. I was cracking up. So when you said that about AI and, and finding the strike zone, like this poor computer's like, this does not compute. You got to go manual. That's probably what he's thinking. It's a thimble. Here's your thimble. Here you go. That's what you get. Okay. All right. Enough for the sports talk. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry I took it to that with my dad, but you know, sometimes you just got to laugh at the old man. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you, I was sitting, uh, I forget where I was, but a game was on and I noticed it was JMU and thought about you. Now, of course, that was the first thing I went to. So I was like, well, look at that. We were all watching and I was surprised because, you know, Noah takes interest in Things I don't necessarily think he's going to take interest in. And here he is, you know, school spirit and all that. So School spirit. That's awesome. So if I'm sending in my insurance information, my documentation, you know, I'm going to now make sure that my x-ray is crystal clear because if a computer is reading it, hmm, I got to make sure that it can actually read it instead of just kind of glancing at it quickly. For those people who are 
still on film and i'm not i don't say that disparagingly i'm laughing because what are we going to do with these people who are on film and not converting the companies are going to somehow push to hey we need we need digital at some point you know so there's going to be a push in that direction i think i'm very curious because my wife is a consultant and she just started talking to a practice that literally does not have a computer in the entire practice what how did they find her? Because she's a she's like a Dentrix guru. How did they're they're wanting to go from this to being paperless? I mean, you talk about a jump uh, like light speed, and and I will not say anything more about the practice and that. But I'm just sitting here listening to you tell about this, and I'm just like, how does that even work for a practice like this? I'm really curious. You know what's interesting about a practice like that is that when you're going from paperless or you're going from paperful to paperless we have already cut the learning curve for them over the years so it might actually be easier for dana to bring them up to speed rather than doing this let's do this 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 and this like we for years have stumbled to find the right way to go paperless and people like dana have perfected it by now and when you're talking about that the x-rays have to be really really good i know that that means the dental assistants have to be really really good at what they're doing you mm -hmm. know and so you and i need to talk about that on another podcast hint hint <laughs> but they have to be really good at that but i'm also thinking that any time that you have a change like this in the practice, obviously it involves the team. And that was the first thing I thought when Dana was telling me about this practice is it's going to be, take the entire team understanding why this technology is important and why this step needs to happen. Ooh, she's going to be on the podcast. It's in the can. Our oh, she should document this for an article or something because that step by step would be amazing. That actually would. What an ebook. What a podcast episode. Hmm. Well, there we went down another rabbit hole. <laughs> <laughs> this is big news. And I, you know, of course, this is the type of stuff that flies under a lot of radars because, you know, they're thinking two companies, AI, AI hasn't done anything, blah, blah, blah. I mean, honestly, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people read that, but buying this company is pretty much like they're taking their software and now it is definitely going to be in use rather than trying to pitch to all these other insurance carriers. They were trying to pitch the whole industry because we know a couple companies in this space. They were trying to pitch to the carriers mm. and some of these consultant claims reviewers and some of these aggregators. So this is really the first like big, you know, hey, here's our software and and let's flip the switch on. I'm excited about it, but yeah, I think that's cool. Cautiously, cautiously excited. I, th I think if we're sitting here talking about this a year from now, I'll be real curious to see uh, exactly how we, where we've come down the road. I'm planning on reaching out to um, somebody at that company and, and uh, interviewing them about it. Because if this is what's going on, then the offices, the provider side has to come up with some best practices in order to meet these standards. Big time. Other than, hey, we need to document this. That's the only standard we got really for a lot of things. Agreed. We need to take the ball and run with this providers and get your, get your house in order. Let's move away from AI, Wally, and all that other stuff. What you got, Kevin? So I'm going to throw out something from a mutual good friend of ours, uh, Tony Edwards. Tony. Love us some Tony. Uh, one of the true good guys in the industry, a great dental journalist. Tony is working on a little project right now. It's called Dental News Now, and nice. it is out on medium.com. If you ever cruising around medium, uh, Tony has done a really good job of taking studies and boiling them down into their very essence. That's one of Tony's great qualities, aside from just being a good human being. He's so smart. I'm telling you, absolutely he is. 
And I'm thankful that he enjoys reading the big words because that's not my skill set. So God bless you, Tony Edwards. But what Tony did is he looked at a study that was published in the January-December issue of Inquiry. And the question that was asked was, how will dental education change after COVID-19? And my very first thought was, oh, well, we must be talking about in the dental schools. And actually, the more I read into this article that, of course, we're going we're gonna to share the link to, it talks about how that we are talking about also how we are educating patients after COVID-19. And will this whole oral systemic link that popped up so much during the pandemic, will people still keep that in mind as we move away from mask mandates and social distancing and, and everything else that we've been through over the past year plus? A sentence in here that really jumped out to me was going back to, again, the dental students, because it does flip between dental students and, and established dentists. But he says the authors conclude that dental education has to strengthen its curriculum and embrace new technologies and devices. And Teresa, I know one thing that I hear so often from those graduating dental students is that there's still a gap between the technology that is in dental schools versus the technology that is available to today's dentist. So they still have a learning leap that they have to make even before they are ready to use some of this solid new technology in their everyday dental practice. That's interesting because, and I know you talk to a lot of dental students through your uh, work with Ignite, and you actually just spent a lot of time with some a couple weekends ago. So it's really interesting to hear that they recognize what's going on. I mean, because if you haven't gone into private practice yet, and you're just kind of reading some articles, you don't know the disparity until you get out the first year. Say you go to work for a big DSO and you're like, oh my God, a laser, holy cow. Right. That's interesting to hear that they already are identifying that as an issue. Does Tony think that that's going to change? So the article, the authors, uh, if you spin it in here, Tony says that it should change. Mm. And I think that that's the key word, that hopefully this was kind of that point where we look back and say, if we're really going to educate our patients from day one, then we need to be educated on what they need to know as well and all the different options that are available to them, a laser same-day dentistry, everything that we talk about all the time, but yet there's still learning that needs to be done. And you mentioned uh, it a minute ago, and one of the conversations I had a couple of weekends ago with a dental student was the fact that you come out of school, you go into a practice that has a laser that's available, and you're learning how to do the laser from somebody else in the practice. Mm -hmm. So you're getting that whole drip down of learning rather than learning from an actual trainer. And the importance, I think, that there is of still making sure that if somebody new is coming into the practice, yes, they can learn from somebody else in the practice, but how much more efficient is it to actually get a software trainer, a laser trainer, a CAD CAM trainer in there to actually instruct them on what to do and the best ways to do it? I think it's priceless to get a trainer in for these things. If you're going to learn it from, say, the veteran doctor that's in the office, to me, it's more, and again, we're not clinicians, so I'm not trying to overstep here, but what I have seen is that it's better when they are in a mentoring position versus here's how to do it position. And I think even the laser and the implant companies and all of those other, you know, manufacturer equipment manufacturers, they don't want you to learn side by side with another dentist, unless it's somebody that they know, because there's liability involved. They want you to take the training. They want you to come out to their center and learn that or go to one of their meetings. But the disparity in dental school 
for these types of programs. You got a couple of things there. You got corporate interest. Mm-hmm. Are the schools going to allow a company like BioLace to come in? Right. Exactly. What does that look like? And then does AMD get mad because they're not in there? Is there a bidding war? And is that ethical? Then there's the other thing that I hear. This was part of a conversation, a, a webinar that I listened to with some leaders of ADEA, the American Dental Education Association, that they realize they're giving them the foundation of dental school. There's really a weird expectation that they should come out knowing how to use all of the equipment. Say you go to medical school, you're not going to learn how to come out and do a basic heart surgery in medical school. You got to go and get specialized for that, obviously. Are we expecting too much in the variety of training? Another thing you and I've talked about on previous podcasts are these new dental schools that are going to be opening up all over the country. Mm -hmm. Are they going to set a new standard for what dental education looks like, or are they going to do the same thing that the established dental schools are doing and just take that kind of curriculum and put it into a brand new building? I'll be curious to watch that. Here's the thing. If you hire people who work in other establishments to come and set up your establishment, you're probably going to get the same old establishment. It'll be interesting to see how they go with that. High Point University, I think you mentioned one in... Uh, Joplin, Missouri. Then also El Paso. El Paso, which I was pleasantly surprised to see because I'll be down there later this year. Nice. You know, I'm going to be like, hey, I know it's a couple of years away, but you might want to talk about business in the school. So, Just throwing it out there. So I'm going to put my hat in the ring there, my cowboy hat. We'll see how that goes. Okay, so we need more technology education in the dental schools. I don't think there's any argument with that, but how much and what kind? And I think the point you made up a minute ago is such the overhang cloud is the corporate involvement. And do you bring in a Patterson, but not a Shine? Do you bring mm-hmm. in a BioLase, but not an AMD? You're exactly right. So many questions there. And it's really cutthroat out there. You and I know that if one big company feels slighted, that's That can have some repercussions all around. Absolutely. Say some big professors at one department were previously working with that company. Now they're not. There's a lot. Agreed. Oh, boy. So anything else from Mr. Tony Edwards? Not in this article, but but like I said, we're going to link to it. And also, you'll be able to see the Dental News Now link on there so that you'll be able to see what he's been doing. And again, Tony's a great guy, as you mentioned, for taking a, an extremely long abstract or article and boiling it down to its very essence. Yeah. So he's been great about doing that and uh, certainly big thumbs up to him. I'm going to go a little bit uh, sunny today. Oh. So you usually are the one bringing the field in. <laughs> I'm usually the one going, oh, all right, well, how's that going to work? It's Freaky Friday here. This is wild. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and it's a surprise story, Kevin. And I know you love surprises. This is a special surprise because it's a surprise story about dental assistants. Yay. Love it already. Now, the link when I send it to you is going to have two different languages in there. It is about a Filipina who has won some money. We know the Philippines. It's not a country where you can really make a lot of money being a dental assistant. Yeah. What you find is that a lot of Philippines, Filipinos, go out of the country to uh, Saudi Arabia, United Arab Emirates, uh, Europe to work. And then, of course, they send money home. So in Dubai, there is a dental assistant who won. Her name is Leilani, and it's in quotes. I guess she didn't want to be identified. Okay. Probably because everybody's going to want some money. She won some money. (laughs) Good for her. So apparently the country of the UAE, United Arab Emirates, Leilani is a dental assistant, 44 years old. There's 
weekly live drawings mm. in the country where anybody can win some money. Nice. I don't know if they pay for it. I don't know if it's like a lottery, but apparently there's just weekly live draws. That's nice. Maybe the U.S. could do something like that. I'm thinking this might not be a bad thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so she won. Are you ready for this? Talk to me. 68,000 U.S. dollars. Ooh, good for her. Here's a quote from her. I was a dental assistant in the Philippines before I went abroad. I dreamt of having my own clinic. If I get to save enough, that dream has become closer to reality. Kevin, she's going to go back to the Philippines and she's going to open a dental assisting school. You have stunned me. I know. I have a new hero, heroine in Leilani. That's awesome. And so another winner who is also in the Philippines is going to take the money and purchase land for his family back in the Philippines and support a friend who has been paralyzed in half his body. These are some nice people. No kidding. These are fantastic people. Yeah. Wow. So she is going to open up a school. She's going to also clear her debts. This is what she's saying. She's going to clear her debts. She's going to continue supporting her parents. She's going to give back to her high school. How about that? Oh. First and foremost for her was to support her daughter's education. So she's going to put that money aside. Her daughter wants to study medicine. Look at that. Fantastic. She said, I would have needed to work for 20 years to pay for it. Uh, honey, I think a lot longer than 20 years. <laughs> God bless you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but she is going to go back now and open her own clinic to Filipino workers. And that way they can go out and be dental assistants, maybe in other countries and be ready to rock and roll. And I just thought, wow, Kevin's going to love this story. I love that. You know, that heart of gold that I love in those dental assistants, it's all over the place. I'm just excited. I'm telling you. Very interesting stuff. But apparently lots of people win these things. Maybe another dental assistant will hit it big and there can be a big dental assistant university in the Philippines. How about that? There should be. Let's just be honest. There should be. <laughs> I think that's fantastic. So cool. Yeah, so there's my my happy feel-good story for you. It wasn't that hard to find one, so I, I admit that I should probably find more. <laughs> and the fact that you surprised me with it, that just touches my heart, Teresa Duncan. I'm just saying. I just unwrapped that virtual present for you. <laughs> it's not really something for people to chew on, but, you know, a little inspiration now and then to start your day. And hopefully it gives you some more, I guess, brain candy to think about. I like that. Oh, one thing I want to talk about real quick. There is a big AGD article coming out. Mm -hmm. It's going to be later this year. It's a lot of work that they're doing for it now. And they're going to talk about the effects of COVID on the dental staff. Oh, And so uh, I had some insight in that because I was interviewed for it, which means I'm going to have one sentence in it. Yeah. You know, I gave her my feedback and she said to me, the number one thing that's coming out right now is we can't find anybody. And, you know, not, not surprised by that. I wish that uh, that that was a shock to me, but you and I both know from talking to everybody all over the country, it doesn't matter if you're in Vermont or Arizona, it is tough to find team members out there right now. So is that it for Chew on this today? Did we go over all our stories? We've been all over the world and touched a variety of topics, Teresa Duncan. Ooh. I think we're good. We did go all over the world. We did do an international one. I love that. <laughs> Got to always include the non-U.S. dental industry because, you know, some fun stuff happens out there. Definitely. I'm curious when you go to IDS, you know, what's going to happen there? The International Dental Show. Is that right? It is. You nailed it. Kevin always comes back with some real interesting stuff. So hopefully we'll have a report, maybe even a live report. I don't know. Maybe you could record something. Maybe we'll do a podcast from Cologne, Germany. Ooh, check that out. I'm just saying. 
All right, dear listeners, as always, we really thank you for listening in and we appreciate the feedback and leave us a rating because that's pretty cool to read. But we do love the feedback. It puts a big smile on our faces. You can't see us, but Kevin and I are smiling big. With that, thank you so much for listening in. And that's a wrap for this episode of Chew on This. We hope you laughed and learned a little. Check out the show notes for any links we mentioned. And don't forget to give us a rating on your podcast app. Feel free to drop us a comment on social media or by email if you have any suggestions for future topics. We'll be back in about two weeks. See you then.